Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the end of year episode of the One of a Kind podcast. We started the year with my amazing brother and editor, Jose Duran, and he is closing out this inaugural year for us. For those who need a refresher, let me tell you about my dope brother. Jose is a Los Angeles-based journalist and scriptwriter. He studied cinema at California State University, Northridge. He taught broadcast journalism at his alma mater and is an avid gamer and storyteller. In his own words, he plays far too much Call of Duty, is a hip-hop nerd, loves movies, and believes that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the greatest show ever made. We kick off our conversation talking about managing our emotions and how changing our behavior can help change our feelings too. We talk about the role of shame, the importance of being selfish for your own health, and we reflect on our favorite episodes of the year and the worst ones too. Ja, ja, ja. I want to once again thank my brother Jose for being so committed to my own journey of growth and creativity that he spent his limited time off editing these podcasts on my behalf. This was a year of a lot of transitions for me, and I'm grateful to my guests and listeners for coming along for the ride. I'm wishing you all a happy new year, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. I think I just learned that in order to, I don't know, get certain things done or or not let maybe a certain event ruin the day or something, you just kind of, you got to move past it. Whatever that it is, whether it's anger or your little brother and your big sister making fun of you, like you just got to, you got to move past it, you know, uh, develop a bit of a thicker skin. You just got to do it. It's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, this is the way it has to be. And you changed. So you do it. I don't know if I changed. I just think you, I just do it. Okay. Because I still feel it. Oh, I was like, I haven't, been, I haven't been getting up on you though in years. So it's like. <laughs> that ain't true either. I remember in, in college, I liked someone before David. I was just like, wanted to stop liking this person. And so I told myself, just pretend like you don't like them anymore and make a different choice. So I remember this vividly. We would always go to the student union and he lived this way. I lived that way. And so, you know, he lived to the left, I lived, I lived to the right. And I would always go with him to the left and go to his house and drop him off and we'd talk. And then I'd go to my place and it'd take, take a couple minutes longer, right? I remember vividly being like, if I didn't like him, I would go to the right. And I said, I'm just going to go to the right. And so when he was like, oh, are you going to come with me? I was like, no, I'm going to go that way. And he was shocked. Like He's like, what's happening? And I just kept making those choices every day. Like, pretend you don't like this person, pretend. And then eventually I stopped liking them like pretty there quickly, actually. So it's interesting, right? Like you can just decide to be different and then maybe you'll feel different after. Yeah. We'll go back to that. But one second. <laughs> yeah. What? You would walk him home? <laughs> <laughs> he would come visit me after like after dinner would come visit me so like i'd walk him home then and then he'd anyway i guess so <laughs> i know not a good choice i'm not one to like buy into to traditional gender roles or any of that but that's some bullshit <laughs> i mean i know i'm sorry flag, I'm, cussing flag. A lot. I'm cussing a lot of flag. yeah 
You walked him home. Yes. Actually, now that you're saying that's like ridiculous. <laughs> and I get cold. Would get cold in Ithaca? Like that is not chill. You, you, know? you walked him home in the snow, didn't you? Probably. It's like... <laughs> but then I didn't. Powerful. My mind is so powerful. You walked him home, Nisi. <laughs> I know. Bad choices all around. Bad choices. Anyways. <laughs> um it's <laughs> funny. Uh yeah, no, I I I think if you if you make an active choice to do a certain thing, then you do it. Whether or not you feel that a certain way, like you can you can try to feel a certain way, but that's not always gonna happen. But I mean, no. it, it's just, you know, it, 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 like you said, you, you, <laughs> you stop walking dude home, and then you eventually stop liking them. Like it, it just, for me, it, it's, it's less about feeling it's, and it's more about the result, right? Like if I want mm-hmm. a certain outcome, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to work towards that outcome and, yes. and, I, and I, need, I need to map out what that what the road of that outcome looks like. So, you know, if, if it requires me changing the way I behave or changing the way I, I react to certain things, if it's, if it's an emotional issue or whatever, there are still like physical steps that I can take, take to get to where I want to be. And, and I just do it. I mean, I, I don't give those things much thought. I mean, going back to our, our, your, your first episode, when you asked me like, how did you do it when I was working more yes. than one job and working overnights and going to school? I, I don't know. I did it day by day. I just knew I had to do it. I made a decision to go to college and, and try to earn my degree. And at some point I looked up and it was like, damn, I'm tired. I want to quit, but I've, yeah. I'm in too deep, you know, like, and maybe there was that, that, that whole, I didn't want, I want to feel shame for quitting. You know, <laughs> like maybe there was that as well. Um, fear and shame is a, is a strong motivator as well. So, um, it's just one of those things. Like if you want to do something, you do it. And and I, I know that's an oversimplification and that's not necessarily um, uh, the case for a lot of people. When I say, if you want to do something, you do it. There are a lot of other factors that vol- involved in, 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 in whatever circumstances people are facing. But for me, that's just the way I try to approach it. I have a similar attitude. It's very interesting. I'm trying to think like where we got that from. Um, can I ask you about shame? Sure. Do you think that that's part of our upbringing? Absolutely. Shame and guilt. Where does it come from? Uh, I think it's the Mexican culture. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, and Catholicism I, I think I, too, right? Catholicism, even though I don't, we're not Catholic, are we? I, I don't we know. We are. We're Catholic. Okay. We got baptized and I did my first communion. I thought you did too. I did. <laughs> no, I did not do the first communion. I got baptized. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I remember. So my mom's not Catholic. She didn't, she wasn't raised Catholic. She was not. Okay. She was not. I, even though we're not like, have you ever said, have you ever told people what my dad says about our, uh, our version of Catholicism, I guess? No. You know what I'm getting at? He says, yeah. he says we're the true Mexican Catholics. Oh, we no. only go to church. Oh. When the Pope's in, down, in town or somebody dies. Yes. So, that's right. Um, Legit. And I think there's definitely truth to that. So we're not like, you know, practicing Catholics, I guess, but I think the Mexican culture is so wrapped up and intertwined with Catholicism that I think it just, you know, there are a lot of things that kind of, uh, uh, kind of bleed over, I guess. And I think shame and guilt are definitely one of them. Like don't shame the family by acting a certain way or right. Don't, 
you know, you should feel guilty for behaving in certain manners and, or uh, I can't come up with any, you know, concrete examples at the moment, but I definitely think that's part of it. Um, Cause I mean, I know, I know that the fear of shaming myself or maybe my parents have definitely like caused me to, to reconsider certain actions throughout my life. Shame. Did, did you watch Game of Thrones? Nah. Okay, there was this like scene of shame where someone's like walking down a path and people are like the person is like naked in there saying shame, <laughs> shame. Oh, are they throwing things at them? They're throwing I think it's at a woman. I think they're throwing things at a woman, being like shame, <laughs> shame. So. You're just like laughing. <laughs> but that's I mean, that's those are Mexican people, right? Shame, shame. And I mean it, it even more than that, like Mexican people will clown you. Not oh, only yeah. will they yeah. not only will Easy they peasy. like shame you, they'll clown you and it's harsh. <laughs> if you're a soft little baby who can't take it i'm just kidding <laughs> well i was oh you were and you made me take it oh no yeah what about you do you like do you feel that do you feel like shame and or fear are like well you just spoke about fear in your yeah. previous one but all right do you feel like shame is a motivating factor for you do i feel that shame is a motive yes i do and I think it prevented me from exploring aspects of myself. Um, you probably don't want to talk about sexuality. <laughs> if we can, if you like. <laughs> hey, this, is, this is your podcast, Nisa. <laughs> You're like, mm. <laughs> no, I mean, I talked about it with Steven a little bit. Also, I'll say it again and expand or, or cut it out or something. But, you know, like growing up, it was. I mean, it's normal, like you get, you reach puberty and you have hormones and you feel attraction and maybe even before puberty, right? Like attraction to whoever you're going to feel attraction to, right? Opposite sex, same sex, both, right? Whatever it is. And I think in other cultures that's accepted more and it's like, that's part of growing up, you know, and it's normal and we all go through it, but within our family, extended family culture, et cetera, I don't know. It's like, they, they act like. It's never happened before. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, oh, you're feeling horny? Like, oh, you have hormones? Like, yes, everybody does. And everybody has this, right? (laughs) I remember vividly one of our cousins, I won't say the name, but um, she was developing breasts, right? She's younger than me. And I remember how embarrassed I was when that was happening for me. And this part, I will say, everybody in our family like all the women the grandmas my mom already they're big chested ladies and i remember like (laughs) praying to god jose i'm not even lying praying like as my breasts were growing i was like please give me small breasts please give me small breasts because i was nervous that i would attract attention and i didn't want to be seen in that way right I, i wasn't ready for you know men in particular to look at me that way i still felt like a child and you know david likes to joke that God, listen to my prayers. <laughs> and I'm like, he sure did. But that was anyway, like, I will keep this in. I think it's funny. Um, but one of our cousins, she was younger than me, was developing, you know, her breasts and she was getting busty and she started wearing like big sweaters. That's what a lot of girls do to try to cover up their size. We were at her house and, and then she took a pillow and was like putting it over her chest because she was embarrassed, you know? And her mom called her out and said, like, what are you doing? Like, get rid of that pillow. Like, everybody knows you're growing breasts. Like, it's not a big deal. And then 
you know, my cousin got upset and cried and went to the room and I went and I talked to her and I was like, it's okay. Like, you know, trying to be there for her, but it's this element of like, either they're, they're making you feel bad for having your body change, you know, again, that change, or they're just, it's almost like they're making a big deal out of it and then making you think it's not a big deal at the same time. Like it's, it's like a mind fuck, right? Like, yeah. And again, everybody goes through these changes. And so I think for me, when you talk about shame, like sex is a big thing for me, like your sexuality and like how you explore yourself. And I definitely felt a lot of shame of that growing up. I don't know if you did. And it's also different for women, but you know, I would imagine it's, it's it's different for, for, for yeah. Women and young girls. I, I don't think I necessarily ever, ever felt that. Um, but like you said, it's different for, it's different for girls. Um, no, for me, it's just, it's just a lot of different things. It's like, so again, I started hanging out with our cousins, you know, when I turned 18 and going down to Tijuana and seeing some of our cousins and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, and there was always that kind of thing where it was like, and I was going down there and I was drinking with them. And I was I was young and they'd been at this for years. Right. So and it was just one of those things where it's like I, I remember like my parents being like a little worried that my behavior was making them look bad. I remember, you know, mm-hmm. and probably it probably was on on certain occasions. No, not probably. <laughs> <laughs> but for, it, I will get into the details, but there were moments where, yeah, my behavior was probably a bad reflection on them. And that made me feel terrible. Right. And that should make me feel terrible because for whatever reason, but like, I think my parents, I was always hypersensitive to it because I don't think they ever flat out told me, don't shame the family. No, but it was like the, their, their implication. Yeah. And even some of the conversation that we had, I could tell that I was making them feel a certain way. Right. So it's always been a part of it. I just, I I don't know. I, I, I still feel it, I think, but I've gotten to the point kind of with everything else where I just try to ignore those, 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 those concerns, right? Like, um, they're, they're valid concerns. And I think they are, they do serve some purpose on some level, but when it's, it it can very quickly become an unhealthy concern. Right. Um, and, and that's why for the most part, I, I, I try to, I don't try to pay a whole lot of, 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 of attention. So. Yeah, it's there. But as far as like sexuality and all that, I never felt any of that. Different for guys. You don't have to be a pure flower. Um, that's interesting. It, it reminds me of the debate or, or the contrast between like collective societies and individualistic societies, right? And I think growing up, we very much are in like the collective of it's the family unit. It's also your community that really matters, right? And the American culture, I mean, what is American, right? It's like a big hodgepodge now, but like the Anglo, right? It's like a little bit more individualistic. Um, But I think it's, how do I say this? For me, I do think family is still the most important thing, right? Like I care a lot about you and John and your partners and like my, my parents and like my own like nuclear family is like, I care so much, but I think where I've gotten to, especially now as I'm entering this age, your relationship with yourself matters more. Like it's like a weird thing to say, because if you're not okay with who you are and how you're showing up in the world, then you're going to be resentful of the collective. You know what I mean? And it almost sounds yeah. like you've kind of gotten to a version of that too, but it was hard. It's still hard for me. I'm not actually fully there, you know? It's a process like anything else. And yeah, I, I feel like I got there a long time ago, 
but it's still a struggle to stay in that place. I don't feel like that's ever actually um, compromised the level of importance that I that I that I uh, give to my family. I moved away from San Diego for person for, for 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 me to continue to grow as a person. My goal was always to go back. I was supposed to graduate and go right back. The, the main reason that's where my parents are. I didn't want to leave my parents. I moved away. Not that far away, but I moved away. I can't show up for them the way I want to, like every single day. I just can't. I physically can't. But that doesn't mean that I'm not there for them when I feel like they absolutely need me. I'm still there. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I've been there for a very long time. And I really don't know how I got there. But it's a process like like anything else. But once you get there, I, I'm interested in hearing from you what that's like. Because again, I find it very difficult to stay in that, in that mindset. I find it very difficult to stay there. It's, it's an active process, just like it was to get there. Yeah. And I think it's, I agree with you. It's like a daily choice um, and, and the interactions that I'm having. I think for me, it looks like understanding what I need in a given moment, right? setting boundaries if I need to respectfully, lovingly, not just with my parents, but with other relationships too. And having the mindset of my mom, my mom used to say this too, like, primero yo, después yo, y el último yo, <laughs> which like sometimes sounded like selfish. Right. But I think she and I talked about that phrase and that means first me, second me, and last me, essentially like you put yourself first. Right. Um, and her mentality is just her mental health is so important that she's trying to make sure that that's taken care of and, and how she's going through the world. Right. So I think it's hard. I think it's, it still comes with guilt and shame, right. When, if I'm putting myself first and it feels like it's potentially hurting somebody else, or they're telling me that they wish I did something differently. Um, but yeah, it's like the same thing of like the walking that guy home, right? Like at some point you just like, (laughs) you make a different choice and then, (laughs) Yeah. And you said that sounds selfish and and, and I'll say something. I, I think it is selfish, but I don't think being selfish is a bad thing. I, I really don't. You know, um, I've always said it. I, I and I, Cara and I talk about these things and I told her I wanted to be selfish. I did not want a girlfriend. I did not want a wife. I never I wanted to be selfish. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I wanted to go to school, find a career and, you know, enjoy myself and reap whatever hope potential benefits that my career and my lifestyle would have brought me, right? Whether it maybe being financially secure or whatever. Um, and like I told her, she came and messed up my plans in a good way. Like I I I wanted to be selfish because that's what I wanted. You know, I don't think being selfish is a bad thing. I think people can can I think a lot of people could afford to be a little bit more selfish. Because you're right. I mean, it comes to mental health, it comes to your, your physical health, it comes to, it's, it's, it it can come back to a lot of different things. It's all related. And, and people need to give themselves the time to, to make sure that they are taking care of themselves, right? Like, well, I can't even talk. I'm tired. People need to give themselves the time to take care of themselves. And if that means being a little selfish with your time and your priorities and so be it, because if you're, because like you said, if you can't show up for other people, the way you want, the way you want to show up for them, if you're not taking care of yourself, it's just not possible. I think you're right. And I think I've learned about it too with like my own kids. 
like I go to the gym a lot now and it makes me feel better, like physically, mentally, emotionally. And at the beginning they were resistant. And now I think they're kind of proud that I go to the gym and that I do that. They've made some comments about it. So, so yeah, I think sometimes even if it's like hard initially, like if you keep sticking it out, the people that love you are going to support your choice to be yourself. So I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll close it out. I wanted to thank you again for being my first guest and my last guest for this year and for editing all the episodes so many times. What was your favorite episode? Ooh, is, are you allowed to say? You're not allowed to say. Mine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What no, was your least favorite episode? That's, that's not true. That's, <laughs> and it'll be this one. It'll be the other mine. Um, Why? I don't know, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna single out any of your interviewees. You had some really good ones. I think they all were well, they were all great to listen to. And I think they all shed light obviously on their stories, which is great. But one of the things that I really like is that I feel like I learned something new about you and every single one as well. Um, so that's been super exciting for me. Um You're such a nice brother. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I traumatized you. (laughs) What'd you say? Take some notes <laughs> how to be on how to be nice to your sibling. Um, no, thank no, you. I, <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm sorry. I know. I know you're. I know we're both tired. I never got a chance to ask you though. What? Yeah. What have you enjoyed most about doing this and and having these these super in depth conversations with people that you know really well? I think it's similar to your answer. I think on the one hand, these are people that all of them were my friends for years for the most part. And I felt like I knew them pretty well, but then it made me realize that you usually don't have conversations like that anymore because we're busy, you know, or we're distracted. And so talking to people for an hour and a half, two hours, that focus and that deep, I got to really understand some of the things that make them tick. Right. And then it reminded me of why we were friends and how we were the same, how we were different. So I, and I have amazing friends, right? Like you can, I learned so much from them. So that's the first piece. And the second piece that you kind of mentioned too is I learned some shit about myself. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, here we go. And I wasn't expecting that as much. And I think um, through the lessons of my friend's experiences, I think I became braver and stronger to be more myself this year and for the future. So Good. it's been like a great gift for me. Um, Good. So much work, as you know. <laughs> More, more for you than me, but also for you, but, (laughs) but I'm using it as a way to, to grow. And I think hopefully other people are getting stuff at it like that as well. One of the, one of the other things that I really like is I feel like I have a pretty good bullshit meter. I feel like I can tell when people are saying things, you know, just, just to say them, I lost count. I don't count very, I don't math very well, but I did lose count. Um, Many of your guests have actually said how much hearing the episodes that you've done with others, how it's helped them. Right. And I, and I really love that because it's, I mean, I know through our conversations, even before this, you said how much it's helped you, but I mean, you're, you're, you're helping others um, process a lot of different types of feelings and situations. So that, that's amazing. Um, I, I'm really, really happy and proud of what you're doing. So what we're doing. it's been awesome to see. Yeah, I'm just editing. <laughs> I'm just editing. It's been seamless. People are always like, wait, this was this was cut. I said, uh-huh. 
They're like, you can't even tell. I was like, because my brother. <laughs> I'm just here to help. Um, now, I'm not going to ask you unless you want to say which one is your favorite and your worst one was. Yeah, uh, I think we all know. <laughs> I can tell you which one I, which one I hate now. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> people are if you, if you leave that in, people are going to hear that. And they're like, which ones are they talking about? Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Even they're though we're not talking about any. Uh, <laughs> just mess with them. Did you learn anything from any of your guests who you, again, already knew pretty well? Did you learn anything that absolutely left you floored? This is a great question. I wish I was not so tired. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I did. I definitely did. I think, um, well, I'm just going to call out my friend Zanera, who ended up interviewing me, but we're going to do another one and I'm going to interview her better. <laughs> I was shocked that she was kind of shy as a child. Like she's extremely outgoing, can talk to anyone, very bubbly, very confident. And it, one, it broke my heart because she talked a lot about how she was pretty heavily bullied growing up mm-hmm. and that pissed me off and I got very protective of her. But I think the reason that surprised me so much is because I think she's an example of a person who has gone on this journey of like who they want to be and they're showing up in the world very differently than they were as a child. Right. Mm-hmm. So that one was really like shocking to me. Same thing with like the Hamsa episode and the Ash episode. I just assumed that all of these people in my life were extremely confident because they're incredible. And so every time I hear someone talk about their insecurities, I'm like, what? Yeah. That is always kind of shocking to me, you know? Yeah. Because they're great. These are like badass people, you know? Yeah. What about you? I didn't know them very well. Um, I've, I think I've met a lot of the people that you've interviewed. Yes. Not, not, not all of them, but I've met a lot of them, but it was, it was, it was nice to hear their stories. Again, I, I like hearing stories anyway, but um, it, it was really nice to, I felt like I did get to know them. Cause again, a, a, a lot of the stuff that even your, your listeners didn't get to hear, I, I, I heard it all. Right. So it just kind of goes to show you that everybody has something going on um, and it, and, and, Everybody has, um, everybody has a story. Everybody has a story and they're not always willing to let people hear it. And for whatever reason, you have an amazing ability to get people to share their stories. And, and, and that's been, that's been great for me. Um, I've, yeah, I, again, I didn't know any of them very well, but I've, I've learned a lot about each and every one of them. And, and, and it gives me insight hearing about their journeys and hearing about how they process certain events that they live through to help me because like maybe I'm having a bad day, I, you know, about any number of things or whatever. And I, I hear how they're talking and how they're framing a certain event that they that they live through. It speaks to me in that moment. I can I can identify with it because it's probably it's, it might be similar to what I'm feeling. or It might be similar to something that I'm living through in, in, in that particular moment when I'm sitting down and editing your, your podcast. So. Um, no, it's been super rewarding for me on, on numerous levels. It really has. I love that. I think it's, I added a little tagline to the description that I said something like proudly part of the culture of connection or something like that. Right. Where I think I feel more connected to the world when a story that someone else is talking about, I can connect it to myself. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're my last episode for the year. And then we'll take like a couple weeks break. <laughs> and then season two. We're kicking with it off Gus. with Matt. First oh. Matt twofer. <laughs> Gus will be second or third. I haven't decided. 